Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I break down the Chiefs' victory against Andy Reid's former team, the Eagles, and preview Sunday night's game, our rematch of last year's AFC Championship game against the Buffalo Bills. But first, Joe... You have been expressing your confidence in running back Clyde Edwards-Elaire, and he delivered with his second consecutive 100-yard game as the Chiefs rushed for 200 yards as an entire team against the Eagles. God, Jeff, they did everything we needed them to do and everything that you and I talked about. I'm going to give, us, give ourselves a proverbial pat on the back. <laughs> when we talk, you know, talking about, you know, obviously every, anybody can be the, the Monday, you know, morning quarterback or armchair quarterback but I think you and I really talked to the fans about like what they needed to do right and they needed to get the running game going which besides the Clyde Edwards-Alaire dominance of having a 100-yard game averaging 7.3 yards per carry Daryl Williams 42 yards 10 carries Patrick Mahomes puts up 26. McCole Hardman gets a couple of nice runs, right? They're spreading the run game around again, which, you know, I think was what was really lacking in the first three games, right? And they, they did everything we needed, to, needed them to do. And we also, the other thing you and I talked about with this team was the dearth of scoring that happens generally in the first half. They didn't do it this week. They put 21 points up in the first half. They got going early. And I'm telling you, Jeff, if they didn't, that's a different ball game. You know, it's obviously just from the score when you look at, you know, only winning by 12. And look, that game was a little closer. The Eagles game was a little closer than it really was, in my opinion. I think the 12 yeah. points is a little deceiving because, you know, the Eagles don't kick those two field goals and they're able to punch it in, which is, you know, crazy that they couldn't punch, you know, especially that one you know, where they had the ball inside the five for, you and, know, and some down. key penalties and it might've been even closer to, you know, and some key red zone penalties that the Eagles committed. Exactly, Jeff. So I think, but offensively, I thought they were spectacular. I really do. I mean, I, I, I think they did everything we asked them to do as if, as if Andy's listening and, you know, and saying, Hey, whatever Jeff and Joe say we need to do, let's do it. And he gets Eric the aside and says, all right, here's what we're going to do, Eric. We're, we're going to spread the ball around in the running game. You know, we're going to score early and often, and uh, they listen. And, and I was really <laughs> excited about that from an offensive perspective. I'm, I am not worried about this offense at all. Uh, you know, Travis was relatively quiet. Tariq Hill had a fantastic game. They know how to move those puzzle pieces around or those chess pieces around to, to make up for it. I was happy to see a little bit more of the spread with Pringle and Hardman, couple couple, you know, receptions each averaging 11 to eight yards, eight yards. So, you know, I think, I think their offense is getting it together and I'm really excited about that. 
clearly it wasn't that they were just, you know, motivated after two loss. Clearly they were listening to our, the tips we have given on believe in chiefs here. Um, we, we, we get used to, you spoke a lot about the running game and also the distribution of targets in the receiving game. We get so used to Patrick Mahomes wizardry, um, wizardry, but boy, was he the five touchdowns and what's so fun about him. They, you know, he had the 44 yard touchdown, uh, to Tyreek Hill, where he just threw, showed his arm strength. But then he also had an underhand pass for a touchdown, and he had like a shovel pass. It's like he was doing every possible arm angle on, on each different touchdown. It was really cool to see. Yeah, he, he's, you know, he's magic. He really is. And he's not, he's, he's definitely not disappointing any of his fans or any fan of the NFL. He continues to to do what he needs to do to put the chiefs in the best situation to win. And the best, you know, he, he just puts them in, 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 an, he gives them an opportunity every time he's out there for them to score. I mean, you know, they, you put up 42 points, you know, against, uh, you know, against a, a, good, a pretty decent defense. I mean, chiefs, the Eagles had a good defensive line. It wasn't like they were, you know, uh, the, the Eagles didn't show up. I thought the Eagles showed up. I, I think one of the things, you know, and I know we always, Get our op- while we're talking about the Eagles game and getting our offense, getting the offense in, and we can certainly talk about the defense. Um, probably where most of the fans are a little bit disappointed in this team right now um, is is up front. I thought I thought as a as a line, as a group, as a unit, all collectively, I thought they played really well against what we you you and I talked about could have been a, a pretty scary defensive front. Um, I still I, people are starting to tweet. They're starting to talk about Lucas Niang. Yeah, I think I think that's and I'm you probably you know I'm sure you wanted to talk about that when we hit our offensive line segment. Right, I noticed that too, Joe. That I, I I do think the offensive line was coming along. The fact that they ran that well against, I mean, with uh, Hargrave and Cox in there, that's mm-hmm. a that's a really stout defensive line. So the fact that they ran so well speaks to Thune, Creed Humphrey, those guys, those excuse me, Tooney and Creed Humphrey, those guys doing well. But Niang, yeah, was was beaten a couple times. You saw that. One of the guys who had very good analysis, uh, a guy we love who's been on the pod, your former teammate, Tim Gronhardt, was saying that you get if you get him off balance, yeah, um, yeah. the teams could kind of expose him a little bit. I'm sure he'll get better. This is his first year playing after opting out. But he does, Joe, seem to be like the concern, the, the, the weak link that might even be too strong at this point. But that, that seems like the area of concern on the offensive line. Yeah, it's like he's going through what is almost like a sophomore slump without having a freshman year, right? I mean, he's just – what happens is, you know, you, you a lot of times you see rookies, they have that fantastic, you know, rookie year because they're just playing out of their mind, right? They're just – they're not thinking about things. And, you know, maybe he's thinking about – he's thinking about things a little too much. He's thinking about his footwork. He's not acting naturally. He doesn't – you know, and I, I really – was that's Tim's Tim Grunhardt's, you know – commentary was really I think spot on people are starting to see film on him now and they're saying Mm -hmm. okay this is how we're gonna attack Lucas Niang I mean he has some some weak spots maybe with his feet so I'm sure Andy Heck's gonna they're gonna be working on it I'm sure he's gonna be ready and they're gonna think about how to help him get his confidence back with protection uh you know maybe sliding protection more towards him um as as he goes up against you know more and more you know, uh, dominant pass rusher. So, you know, I, th- I think it's all good. I, but I think collectively as a group, I think they really are coming together. And the running part was really what excited me most. And, I, and I, for the most part, Patrick was, you know, well protected back there in the passing game. And he, you know, we talk about it all the time. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. 
he always finds the pocket within the pocket. And that's the beauty of what he does and how, you know, the protection for him, he just, you know, he just sets it up nicely for the offensive line um, that, that he can always find the open space. And that's, that I think is his gift. Cause you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jeff is a drop back quarterback. You know, I mean, I think people forget that sometimes because he's athletic. Cause he is, cause he is so good at like pl- playing kind of that sandlot backyard football, getting out of sacks, improvising, yeah. but he is, yeah, he is a drop back guy. You know, he's just not, you know, he's just not your classic Tom Brady statuesque, you know, John Elway, Dan Marino, you know, he's just not that kind of, you know, uh, you know, big, bigger drop back quarterback because he doesn't have that body. He doesn't look like those quarterbacks. And he does have a little bit more maybe quicker feet, let's call it, or happier feet. I mean, he's no speed burner for, you know, know, he's deceptively fast. Right. He's not like in his 40 time, he's not that fast, but he, when he was doing, I think it was the shuttle drill in the combine, he was the fastest of that quarterback. So he's like real quick and elusive in the short space. And he's really weirdly like almost as fast going backward as forward. Like he's, when he's just going straight line speed, he's, not that fast. Most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are probably faster, but yeah, he's certainly elusive. Um, so, so yeah, fans should just keep when they, when you watch him, remember that he is a drop back quarterback first. You know, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not you know that quarterback that is a complete dual threat. Right. Uh, let's go back no, to the Jalen Hurts. We'll, Jalen Hurts we'll, even we'll, is talking yeah, about more, little more, you know, a little more RPO, but I, I think, I think it was a great game for Patrick's a great game for the offense. And certainly after the break here, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the whole we'll talk defense. about the defense a little bit, just to go back on one of your points, uh, mentioning what, uh, Grunny said, uh, I thought, I thought it was funny. One of the, some of the commenters to his tweets were saying, and, and you know, Tim Grunhardt obviously is an unabashed Chiefs fan as a, you know, to that the only organization he played for, he's in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. But some fans were like, "Oh, don't don't be telling this on, don't be saying this about Niang. You know, don't be giving this." In. And he's like, "Dude, the tape's out. Like, you know, this is not." But while while we're talking about the offensive line, to just to wrap this up, we've kind of been grading him, Joe. What 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 is your grade then right now after the Eagles game on this offensive line? Oh, I'd have to say they're definitely up in the A minus category now, Jeff. They're in the A range. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give them an A plus yet, or, or like that full solid A. I think there's still some improvement there, that that they that they have ahead of them, which you know I, I want to give room to improve because I, I don't want to just jump on and just say got A A. You know, I think they're they have, but you know they have been steadily improving. They've gone from that C plus B minus to B plus to A minus. Like they're on the move progression wise, but I definitely have them in, in the, in the 90, 90th percentile area at this point, And, and a definitely solid a minus for, for that group up front and the way they, they came together in that Eagles game. And, and they may not reach, you know, a, a plus we're, we're tough graders here on believe. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you know, you really, you gotta study hard and you know, you gotta get them all right on that test to get that, to get that a, we want we want to leave some room for improvement. Absolutely. Well, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code. 
believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts uh joe and we'll get to uh we're talking about the the defensive issues I'm, i know fans want to talk and hear about those with the, with the Chiefs. Uh, but first, you know, really the storyline of the game was Andy Reid uh, returning to Philadelphia, his former team, winning there, and also uh, his 100th total victory, including playoffs for the Chiefs, only head coach in NFL history to have at least 100 wins to do different teams. I just want to touch upon one thing because it's kind of interesting, and the Chiefs have been a little um, – evasive didn't want to go into details of Andy Reid's health and good thing is he's back he seems to be doing well but you know I was talking to my wife who's a neurologist about this and and the chief said it was dehydration I I don't think that's the full explanation of um, of probably what happened to him you know nobody's better equipped to deal with that than the trainers right there at the stadium they you know and there's not that much you can do for dehydration other than the IVs which they would have there you know she was and we're just kind of talking with somebody who just knows medicine obviously but doesn't know the specifics it seems to be like the most likely thing he probably like fainted after the game and they probably um had to do some follow-up tests in the hospital because it's if, if it was just dehydration you're not taken by an ambulance and you don't stay overnight at the hospital so just some insight this is you know a, kind of an interesting tidbit that i obviously didn't want to write about for Forbes.com because it's speculation. And, and obviously the important thing is Reed is healthy, but just, I think the fans and a lot of people were wondering what, what exactly happened to Reed. And, and, and so it probably wasn't just dehydration. There probably was a little bit more to it, but doctors obviously cleared up. So I, I just kind of an interesting uh, tidbit I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, no, Jeff, it's great conversation, right? It's in, you know, cause every, anybody can read the stats page and anybody, every, a lot of our listeners watch the game and they read about it all, all week long, but yeah, it's this kind of stuff that, you know, makes for good conversation. And, and again, you know, there's so many things as, as your wife knows as a, as a doctor, as a physician, that there's so many things that could cause that, you know, that could cause somebody vertigo like i've had i've had family members and you know that have had spent you know some time in the hospital due to like vertigo and passing mm-hmm. out or mm-hmm. losing their balance or yeah who knows right i mean it could be it could be a whole host of things uh you know that could have been um you know like you said he could have passed out he could have had a blood pressure incident like who who knows right at this point and i'm, I'm sure they, they won't disclose it and if he's feeling healthy and i'm sure the doctors are going to do the right thing by him he made the trip he looked good on the sidelines he he looked in good spirits. So, you know, I think, um, you know, time will tell if it's something that's a little more, maybe a little bit more uh, serious or, or something like that. But, you know, I think um, I just I just know there were a lot of people in Philadelphia, a lot of people that I talked to that were really excited that he made that trip and that were really thinking of him when he had the medical incident after the last game and that wanted him, you know, not selfishly uh, for themselves, but for him to be able to make that trip to Philly. And, and we're really excited about him coming back. And I'll tell you one thing about Philadelphians, a little inside information, inside baseball there. <laughs> I, always, I always have said, you know, that when, when Andy, when, they, when people in Philly talk about Andy, they talk about him very dearly. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Philadelphians have very short memories. And they, they will, until the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, 
and, and you know, and Doug Peterson, you know, took them Super Bowl. They won on the Philly Philly and the Nick Foles and all the great stuff that happened during that run. And if if Doug Peterson hadn't led the Eagles and, and Nick Foles hadn't led the Eagles to a Super Bowl, I always have thought to myself how much they would appreciate Andy Reid. Mm. You know, it seems like after they won that Super Bowl, Andy's Andy shine shines a lot more now, but there was a lot of times where they just felt like, Oh, Andy couldn't win the big one. And, you know, he, he left Philadelphia and, you know, and why did he leave and all this stuff. And, you know, there was, um, I, I'm just glad, I, I'm just glad for his sake and the people who really like, cause he's a fantastic human being. I'm just so glad that he, the Eagles won that Super Bowl so that a homecoming like this for Andy could be that much better. Cause I always wonder what it would be like if the Eagles were still really sour from not winning a Super Bowl. Really interesting uh, perspective there, Joe, as, as somebody who had, you know, born, raised, a Philly guy through and through from you. Uh, now to, about this game, the, the, the part that, again, that we got to talk about, the, the, uh, the defense. Um, I, and I do think Frank Clark has only played one game. Having him, when he does get healthy, will help as, as well as Charverius Ward. But this is still a concern. You've seen a lot of Jalen Hurts, and, you know, he's shown some flashes. But, you know, he threw for 387 yards against this team. The Chiefs didn't force a punt. They didn't force a turnover, though. It looks like, you know, Neiman did force a fumble, and they, they didn't challenge it. But still, they didn't force. Joe, what's, what's wrong with the defense? What's your uh, level of concern with the Chiefs? I'm, I'm pulling out the calculator on, on the old <laughs> iPhone here, and I'm going to divide – those 387 yards by the 32 completions that Jalen Hurts made, okay, 12 yards per throw wow. average. And when you look at the stats, um, you know, Devonta Smith averaged 17 because he did have that long one, right? And, you know, maybe you take out some of, the, some of those long ones, but you, you Zach Ertz, six, six uh, receptions, 60 yards, 10 a, 10 a catch. Ken, Kenneth Gainwell – Six uh, catches, 58 yards, 9.7. Dallas Goddard, five for 56, 11. So even just the looking at the averages, there were no bombs in there. And I, that, so for everything that the Chiefs' offense did that you and I were really proud of, that that Andy and Eric were listening to us, they didn't listen to us. Coach Spagnola did not listen to our podcast on what this Eagles defense needed to do, and that was first and foremost we said medium range passes mm -hmm. eight yards 12 yards 15 yards eight yards 15 yards 10 yards like the 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 eagles were just methodically throwing the ball into those open spaces and the chiefs had no answer for it for the entire game i mean of those you know of those 32 completions only devonta smith had seven as the leading receiver for the number of receptions, everybody else, seven, six, six, five, three, three. They were spreading the ball around. They were moving it around. They were finding the open space. And I'm telling you, if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm watching the film on this team, I am going to expose that until they stop it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep throwing safe middle range, like what I would call like, horizontal stretch routes right where you're stretching the field horizontally in that short to medium zone and i'm going to do it all day and I, that's what i'm really afraid of and i know this will kind of be a little bit of a segue into the bills um you know that's what they were able to do and they complemented it with a pretty decent bevy of runs i mean i think i think you know jalen hurts had some designed runs in there 
Um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, Miles Sanders, they, they, they were okay. You know, they had the 12 yard run by Jalen Rager, but that was, you know, that wasn't like a real, not like a, a smash mouth running play. So, you know, I'm really worried about this defense. I am Jeff. I really am. And I'm, I'm worried about it. If, if Jalen hurts, love him. I think he's a great kid. He's got a great future in Philly. I hope, I hope it works out for him. Um, God, if Jalen hurts is doing that to you, what is, what's Josh Allen going to do? You know, what, what's, you know, what's Herbert going to do the next time we play the chargers? You know, if we meet up uh, with the Browns in the playoffs, like I'm just really worried about the defense. I, I don't know if they have an answer for the running game and those medium range, medium range passes. Yeah. Um, me too, Joe. And, you know, you can look back to like kind of the 2019 season where the, the chiefs couldn't stop anyone in the run. And, and it was, same thing they had a losing streak and you're like what are they going to do and they the defense really stiffened and got very good down the stretch um but I, I think that's a little bit of a different situation that was a totally new defense a lot of new parts new defensive coordinator new scheme uh, th- this year Frank Clark will help a lot Chris Jones will get you more used to being moved a little bit to defensive end but but still there's not like and there's a long season but I I don't see I, I don't see kind of the, the – there shouldn't be that, like, tectonic, you know, shift. There, there isn't the new – there shouldn't be this huge adjustment to the, the scheme or anything like it was in 2019. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time, and I'm sure a lot of fans are having a hard time putting – wrapping their minds and arms around what is – like, what is the problem? Like, what is the problem? Because I don't I, – I don't – you know, I don't think it's a talent problem. Is I, I look at this starting roster in the depth chart, and I look at what they have up front. Granted, again, Javarius Ward, we're missing him. You know, Frank Clark, yeah, we're missing two really solid players. But I don't – I mean, I don't I don't know if it's a talent thing. I, I don't know if it's a, an actual personnel. We have the right people out on the field. I don't know if it's the scheme. You know, look, we don't – linebacker – linebacking core is still – you know, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an, an anomaly for us. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what, um, you know, what it's going to look like, what this linebacking core looks like as they, as they continue to build it out. Um, that's, that's a little bit of my, my concern there too, is, is, is really at, at linebacker. Um, you know, what, what, what is, you know, is it going to be this four, two, five, is it going to be a true four, three, uh, you know, when Willie Gay comes back, like what it's, it's, a, it's, it's a team that's in flux. Thank goodness. The one thing that coach Spagnola did and that defense did is they stepped up in the red zone for sure. And they made some really nice stops when they needed to. So Chiefs fans be happy about that. Cause that, that, you know, this is four games now, Jeff, where, you know, this team could, look, I, I think we give them the Eagles game. But, you know, this team could also be one and three. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they're two and two. They could pretty easily be one and three. Um, and and I, I think I think a lot of the burden is resting on the defense at this point. I, I don't want to finger point or, you know, you hate – because that's the one thing you don't want in a, in a locker room, man, is you don't want the, the pointing going on about the defense versus the offense. They have to remain a consistent team because that can be – that can be the death of a team is, is the battle that goes on within the locker room and those subconscious feelings that the offense has about carrying the load versus, you know, what the heck's the defense doing. And you just don't want there to be frustration 
you know, happening um, on either side of the ball with the other side of the ball, because that, that can really wreck the chemistry. Now, uh, to segue into the big Sunday night football matchup, yeah, that is, you expect the Bills to really emphasize the short passing game against the Chiefs. And also, you know, you mentioned Jalen Hurts got some yardage with some designed runs. Uh, eight for 47, a pretty good showing out of quarterback. I expect to see Josh Allen doing a lot of RPOs and a lot of designed runs. Um, also about the Bills rematch of the AFC championship game and the Bills lost week one, but nobody's hotter right now. They're the last three weeks, the score uh, in Bills games, Bills 118 to 21. Mm-hmm. And they have the number one ranked defense by more than 30 yards a game. They're really playing well. Joe, how do you see this game uh, uh, shaping up? I'm not looking forward to it for, for the Chiefs. I really am not, Jeff. I, I Unless the defense comes up with a spectacular game plan and, and lets the offense do its magic to keep up with, with this Bills team, you know, again, we don't play these games on paper. It's, it's when, but if you were to look at the matchups and, and, and you were to put a weight on how much better the Chiefs offense is than the Bills defense versus how much the better the Bills offense is versus the Chiefs defense, Mm-hmm. The advantage, and we'll just we'll leave special teams out of it for now. It's pretty pretty even. We, we won't cal- calculate that in our okay. formula. But I just think that the Bills' defense or offense is that much better than the Chiefs' defense, and it just outweighs the game for me. And you know, and Marty used to talk about that all the time, right? He used to talk about the battle of field position and methodically moving the ball down the field and winning the field position battle, series after series after series, and just wearing a team down. And and, and my fear with just again, you know, I'm a big data and stats person, and I'm 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 staring at it right now. I'm staring at the box score from the Texans game. Now, granted, the Texans are struggling, um, but still, nonetheless, you know, Josh Allen, you know, throws 248 yards on on 20 carries, so he's in that perfect mid-range average completion range. His receivers, same thing. Stephon Diggs, dangerous, 114 yards, seven receptions, 16 yards a, a catch. Emmanuel Sanders, five for 74. Dawson Knox, five for 37. Cole Beasley, two for 16. Spreading the ball around mid-range. Then what's really scarier, more scary than even that, is because the the Eagles did that, right? That's what the Eagles did, and we still won that game. What scares me more, they ran the ball 40 times in that game, you know? And and I'm telling you, that will wear the Chiefs down. Bill's running game has been – I thought that was going to be a weakness. It's, it's been a strength this season. Devin, Devin Singletary has been playing real well. And they've been – you know, last season they were a little too one-dimensional on offense, as good a year as they had. So, Joe, given all this, I mean, the way you're saying, do you think the Bills win? That's almost kind of what, I, the, what I, I'm sensing from you. Are you predicting uh, we, Well, Jeff, we've got to be objective, right? We can't just be homers. And you know I want the Chiefs to win. Like, I, I, nothing is going to make me happier for them to, you know, come out of this, you know, come out of this game with a victory, of course. I mean, that, that's obviously where, where I want this, want this to go. But, you know, I, I got to say, I, just being objective, right? We have to be as covering these games, you know, we have to be, you know, we have to be objective. Now, look, it's at home. So the Chiefs are going to have, you know, Arrowhead on their side. Um, you know, they're they're coming they're coming in with some momentum, 
but so were the Bills. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I unless the Chiefs come up with a really solid game plan to on defense to really stop the Bills in their strength, which is the running and the short passing game, I see the Bills winning by a touchdown in this game. I I I, I, I just see them getting the ball. Um, you know, just getting the ball, you know, late in the game and, and, and maybe having an opportunity to win the game if they get the ball last. And maybe if the Chiefs get the ball last and they win, I, I, you know, I certainly could be a homer and say, look, I, I, yeah, I see the Chiefs winning by 10. But, but I, you know, we also have to do our, our, our diligence here and, and kind of really come up with an objective thought on this game. And I'm looking at it on paper. I'm looking at it from a momentum perspective, where the weaknesses are and really outweighing. Again, to all our Chiefs fans out there, nothing's going to make me happier if the Chiefs come out with a win in this game, and I want them to. But, you know, it, it, taking on the journalist approach, right, and kind of looking at it objectively, I, 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 I see the Chiefs losing um, this game. And this is, yeah, it, it's going to be certainly a challenge. What I'm interested to see, I think there's two areas you really t- to beat the Chiefs. Um, you have to have a strong – either both of these or one of these really has to come through. A strong running game, which I didn't think the Bills had coming into the season, but we've talked about how well they're, they're doing there. The other thing is a pass rush. I think the key to this game, can the Bills – last year that was kind of the one thing. They had a great season, 13-3, but maybe held them back from really being a little bit more competitive with the Chiefs. Um, and they have some young guys. They have Espineza from Iowa, second-year guy. He's shown some flashes. And then two rookies. Uh, Russo and Basham that they drafted this year. I'm curious if they can get – I think that's going to be the key for this game. Can those guys get some pressure on Mahomes? And can that new blood have an impact? I'm actually predicting the Chiefs to win, like, by one or two. I'm predicting a really close game. I just – I think the Bills are super hot and and, and a really good team and going to be a threat down the line. I just don't think for some reason they're th- – those two things, the running game and – the their pass rush is going to be enough to thwart the Chiefs, but I'm very nervous about what Josh Allen is going to do to this uh, to this defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I Jeff, I, I agree. I'm I'm with you, man. I I, I want I want this team to win because nothing would make it me happier than this than a win going into what what could be a pretty decent little uh, stretch, right, for the team to to you know Washington's you know not the best team in the world, not to look too far ahead on the schedule, Tennessee, the Giants and Packers are, have had their struggles. You know, we always will look forward to Raider week in the middle of November. So nothing would give me more happiness than to see the Chiefs win this game and go into that stretch with a lot of momentum and really try to pull away from the pack, right. As, as the chargers and the Raiders and, and the Broncos start to start to battle it out, you know, to, to see who can, who can, you know, take on this uh you know take on this chief juggernaut in AFC West I just I'm just a little fearful of of like I said what the like you said the Bills defense is is playing really really well right now um and and I think um that that scares me a little bit is is that is if the Bills defense shows up and you know because a lot of times Jeff you don't really have to rush Patrick Mahomes to make that team you know, play poorly, mm-hmm. right? Like Patrick, Patrick, it's not always about getting to Patrick. I mean, to me, it's about what you can do to have him make, make, try to make some bad decisions by with good coverage. Um, 
you know, if, if they can make it all about Patrick and they can, and they can stop Clyde Edwards Alaire and, and they can continue to be pretty forceful in, in the running game. Um, you know, the Texans, you know, couldn't get really anything going in the running game. I think they ran for, I don't know, 50 yards or something. Um, and if they can, if they can really hold Clyde Edwards Alaire down and make, the game about Patrick and put all that pressure on him. That scares me. You know, that's good. good. Their secondary. I I have concerns about their passers. Their secondary is top notch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. And I think, and I I say, I say, I say that, that that I can see the bills winning this game by seven, not that it's going to be a dominant game, but it could be just that, that last touchdown. If the bill, if the, I could really see that, Joe, to, to whoever has the ball last. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. It could be a touchdown or a field goal, and, and the game, you know, it goes, literally goes down to the last second. Last thing here for, uh, before we wrap up in a couple minutes, Joe, uh, give us one Bills memory. You've, you had some very memorable games in, during your playing career against the Bills. Oh, man. I, I, you know, Jeff, I, anytime I talk about the Bills – I always got to go back to the AFC championship game um, and, and playing in that, you know, that rich stadium that was just, it was tough to play there. You know, uh, a beer spilled down. They, they threw a beer down on us, um, caught a bunch of us, cut a bunch of players coming out of the tunnel. Um, we, uh, you know, I got knocked out in that game, uh, suffered, uh, suffered a concussion uh, in the AFC championship game on a punt punt coverage uh from from you know none other than Carwell Gardner and clean hit not not nothing no targeting nothing wrong about it just he hit me so hard you know I I you know he 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 didn't aim at me he aimed two feet behind me and that's what I used to tell you know our offensive lineman when I coached is, is you know to really make impact on a player you can't aim you can't aim at the player's numbers. You have to aim two feet behind the numbers, and that's when you really can, can hit somebody and, and get a good block. And that's what he did on this punt coverage is I was uh, dreaming about running down and stripping the ball from Steve Tasker and creating a fumble and running it in because that's what players do. You dream about that kind of stuff, even though, you know, they were clocking me on a calendar when I ran the 40. And um, that was probably my and – then, and then, of course, you know, the offensive lineman, Glenn Parker, who went on – you play with the Chiefs, Ken Hall, you know, they're like who, who I'd gotten to know over the years. Like, Joe, hey, you got it, your sidelines over there because I ended up in their huddle. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Um, nothing, not, no laughing matter, obviously. You talk about concussions or, or any kind of head injury, but that is definitely something that I, I remember about playing there, um, you know, and, and playing against the Bills. I also, too, Jeff, while we're on it, I, I know we're, we're, we're getting long here. I do have to remember that Monday night football game where we beat them. But man, that Monday night football game at Arrowhead against the, the vaunted Bills, right? You know, the they had been to what at that point, I think three Super Bowls or whatever in a row. That Monday night game and or no, it'd been two Super Bowls in a row, I, I guess at that point. Um, oh my God, we just demolished them at Arrowhead. And I think that was the game. In and it was 1992, right? Yeah, it was 92 when we won that game on Monday night, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, that was the game I think that really put us on the map. Totally, you know, and, and also know. just I think that was the first Monday night game in a long time in Kansas City, and it just Arrowhead became a thing. I remember I was a little kid, my I had to go to bed early. My parents went, and they just they were like, 
buzzing the next day as, as the whole city was. But yeah, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, I, I, that, that is, that is always, always a great, a great memory for me. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, that was just, just fantastic. Um, you know, to, 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 to play, to play them and, and, and to have, have a game like that against them. That was just awesome. Well, we're certainly hoping that since this one's an arrowhead in a primetime game, that the, the result more mirrors that contest than the uh, AFC championship game you participated, Joe, uh, in on the road. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.